0: I don't know where to begin on this because there's so many stories we would have to use two or three days for me to, to, to tell all of it. Uh, one of the things that I want to mention is I brought the painting to the White House. It was accepted by Mrs. Reagan. It was brought immediately here. It was put on the wall and I didn't get to see it up for almost six years. And finally I came down and visited and walked in and looked at it and went to Dr. Fern who was the then director and said can you ship it back to me I'd like to change something in it and he started laughing he said all of you guys are the same you get the painting here and you want them back so you can work on them some more that painting is bolted to the wall Henry you cannot have it I tried to borrow it back for a retrospect that uh, of my work back in 2000 and they just do not send these paintings off any place I, but I think there was a, a traveling show during the restoration of this building and this the they did travel uh, over a good area of the country I was sitting in my studio minding my own business in New Orleans and the phone rings and it's a voice that says I used to be or I am uh, an age to Mrs. Reagan. I saw a painting of yours in New York of a mother and child, and I'd like to know if you'd be interested in painting the portrait of the president. And I said, no. And he said, how about you think about it for a week or so, and I'll call you back. I said, you can call me back, but the answer's still gonna be no.
1: no?
0: I'm saying no because I was in the Marine Corps in Vietnam and I went, was brought straight from Vietnam to Washington as the Marine Corps' first combat artist that had spent a full tour in Vietnam. And for six months, they had me on a chain, like a little monkey on a chain, that was brought here, there, and everywhere and put on exhibit. I literally had a sheet of paper that told me what I could do, not do, what I could say, what I couldn't say, like standing here with my hand in my pocket. That's a no-no. Can't do that, and I just got sick and tired of it. And I just wanted nothing to do with Washington after that. Uh, when this was offered, there were a lot of things going on. I was, uh, I, had, I had earlier in the decade had done Muhammad Ali and the astronauts, and that produced. Uh, A fair amount of work for me, the fact that I did it. So when this came along, it just, the timing wasn't right for me personally. Uh, There's some other personal reasons that for historical purposes we'll just leave out. But there was a group of three men, older than me, uh, two attorneys, that I would go to on major decisions like this in life. And to a man, they said, it's the President of the United States. You don't say no to the President of the United States, regardless of politics. This painting has nothing to do with politics. This is a painting of the man, and this man is, goes beyond just the political end of his life. The fella called me back and I said, okay, I will do it, but I would do it the way I do every portrait. I don't want anybody holding my hands. I have to have total freedom. I decide how it's going to be done, how he poses. And this fellow was very polite and he just stood there and listened to all this on the phone. And I said, I need a big block of time. I had no concept of what the president's time was. What did a half hour, 15 minutes mean in this daily schedule of the president of the United States? But I figured anything that I asked for was going to be cut in half, so I said, I want 12 hours. And he laughed and said, maybe we can get you six. There's too much of the story to tell here in the amount of time we have, but we jump ahead a little bit. I'm brought up to Washington to meet with the President and to make some final decisions on doing it. Unfortunately, it was when Gorbachev was in town, and the closest I got to the president was seeing the back of his head as he walked out of the Oval Office. When I was finally brought in, I was told that I might have a 15-minute visit with him, and we could go to the photo archives, and I could choose any of the photos I want to take home and work from. And I said, get somebody else. I can't work that way. I would only be doing a surface of him. And if I was going to have to use any photos, they'd have to be my photos from my point of view. As it turned out, long story short, I ended up with him for four days, four solid days. There was an incident on the front end of that that probably made those four days happen. When I was was first asked to do this, I don't know if I mentioned, but the Iran-Contra conflict came up. So it was about a two and a half year delay before we actually got down to doing it. In that two and a half years, I'd sit in my studio and I would pray and give a lot of serious thought to why why little old me chosen to go up and do the president. And I don't run around and stand on soapbox with the Bible in my hand trying to quote chapter and verse, but I never hesitate to acknowledge how important God is to my life, and that all of my life is built on that rock. So I thought maybe this is a way to very subtly, indirectly witness. I, not, I wouldn't say or do anything, but I thought, maybe I'd go in there, and Mrs. Reagan would be there, and the president would be there, and we'd go through all the formalities of "Nice meeting you and da da, da da da, which happened. And she'd say, very impatiently, What do we do to get started? And I would say, could we bow our heads and say a brief prayer? The White House photographer would more than likely take a photograph. Maybe it would go out on AP wires or something. Maybe get printed in a newspaper someplace. And very subtly, very quietly, people know how I feel about certain things. When I got to the White House the day to start the painting... As I'm walking in, the first thing I notice is there's no Mrs. Reagan. And I said, well, maybe God wasn't listening or something. <laughs> but walked up to him, and we shook hands, which was a, a very important part of the experience. I'll try to touch on that in a minute. But he said, thank you for doing this. We're thrilled that you're going to do it. Da-da-da-da. What do we do to get started? And it was like you <laughs> pushed a button. And I said, could we bow our heads and say a brief prayer? And it was, it was very brief. Please God is so that this can be all that it needs to be. As I'm saying amen and looking up at him, I see him shaking his head. He said, let me share with you what my staff just gave me. And it was a piece of crystal and embedded in the crystal was his mother's favorite verse from the Bible. Later that afternoon, the curator of the White House who was there and witnessed all of this said, Henry, you could not have done a more perfect thing at that moment in time with the president. And I truly think that had a lot to do with why I got the time I got and I had the experiences I had. I think the president knew early on that we could sit and talk and whatever we talked about wasn't going to end up in some magazine or on a television news or anything. And he was absolutely, absolutely wonderful. What I didn't know was the White House photographer had snapped a photograph of it and six weeks later in the mail I got an 8 by 10 photograph of that moment and it's truly one of the great treasures of this whole experience for me. The other great treasure was I received an invitation to bring my wife and children there to meet the President and Mrs. Reagan before they left and to stand there and to put your arm around a president and introduce your family was quite an experience. I don't know if that invitation was more about them, the children getting to meet them or as Mrs. Reagan said, since you're coming up bring the painting with you so I can look at it and see how you're doing. (laughs) Now I should also mention that that was the fourth time she had called and said Can you bring the painting up so I can see what it is? And I had said no three times. I didn't dare say no the fourth time. But I brought it up, and they brought it up into the private living area, and it was in the, the, um, the, the yellow living room. And it was leaning against the fireplace wrapped in paper. The curator of the White House would not allow anybody to see it until Mrs. Reagan saw it. And we're standing there waiting for her to arrive, and the two big doors open, and there stands Mrs. Reagan in a pink chenille robe and some magazines in her hand, and she's saying, forgive me, Henry, I just came from the beauty parlor, and I was at least cool enough to bend over and kiss her on the cheek and say, you look beautiful anyway, and and she said, take the paper off and I went up trying to tear the paper off of this thing with her standing right behind me and I can tell you I could feel the heat going up my face and the perspiration coming out and when I got it all off I turned around, she wasn't crying but she was teared up and she said that's Ronnie, that's my husband and I knew that was it I didn't care what anybody else said when she said that I knew the painting was approved the visit finished I went and stood with the curator and was just as thrilled as can be and he said wait wait we're not finished I'm thinking the president's gonna come in and take a look well this guy comes bouncing in and he's wearing a houndstooth coat it's the biggest houndstooth coat I've ever seen is a silk leopard skin uh, thing hanging out of his pocket and he just plants himself in front of the painting does not acknowledge us in the room at all and he stands there for about 10 minutes, and then he says, when you look at this, you know why this man's been the president for the last eight years, and out he goes. And I turned to the curator and said, who was that? And he said, that's her decorator. (laughs) He had final approval. I said, you're kidding, the decorator had final approval, and that's how it worked. Anybody got some questions? Oh, wait. Go ahead.
1: I had a question. Um, I, I did some reading about you before we came today. And the, most of the reading I did said that you do a lot of your work in watercolor, that you find that the opaqueness of it, and et cetera, was to your liking and it, it gave you a lot of communication of things. And yet, the Ali and now President Reagan are both oil. And I was curious how you choose to do one in oil and others in watercolor.
0: Great question. Why do this in oil as opposed to watercolor? And it's, it's good that we talked about Ali first and then we came here because Ali, let me back it up. Let's talk about this one first. I fought tooth and nail to paint this in watercolor. Dr. Field, was it? The former director? Oh, first. Fern. Dr. Fern was a frustrated watercolorist himself. The the former director or past director. And he fought real hard to let me do it in watercolor. But the powers that be would not allow it. I understand there's a board or something of 16 people. Mm -hmm. And they just, they said no, it has to be oil, acrylic, or sculpture and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, when I walked in And the president came from behind his desk, and he stuck his hand out to say hello. That blue coat, that big, thick, white cuff, and his hand coming at me, I knew at that moment this painting had to be in oil, even though I was fighting to get it in watercolor. I just knew this had to be an oil painting. Ali, the painting decided that. I did numbers of studies, drawings and drawings and studies, watercolor studies, and... When I got to the painting, the painting said, oil, can't do this, you can't do this big final statement in watercolor. Now, I did some very, very large watercolors in the process of getting to the oil, and I think that's why I knew, but the painting dictated it more than anything. Others dictated here, but it, they turned out to be right. Interesting. But probably 90 to 95% of the work that I do is watercolor. And even though we're standing here in the National Portrait Gallery in front of a portrait that I did of the president, President Ronald Reagan, I am not a portrait painter. And I I never get tired of saying that. I am not a portrait painter. I do other things. Uh, I enjoy doing portraits from time to time, but I'm not one that does this sort of thing often
1: it's interesting that the portrait you did of the african-american that the book—that is in watercolor right and that seems you seem to get the same power in the watercolor of that as you've gotten with these two paintings the same depth and that's amazing to me that because you think of oil as being more powerful in terms of, of strength
0: that big hook in that painting was actually watercolor pulled off the paper with sandpaper. It's literally gouged out. I tried to draw it a number of times before I painted it on the paper, the actual final painting, and I never could get the curve the way I wanted it, and I said, I'm just going to paint the background and carve it out, and it just happened. Now, I say that so that I can tell you that I'm just a tool. Yeah. Any of the magic taking place comes from someplace other than me.
1: Curious as um, when you are a portrait painter, <laughs> um, how often do you have the your subjects, uh, especially somebody like Reagan? And I thought about this with Ali and his entourage, who is, as I understand, it, stuck to him at all times. Um, if they are sitting for you, is there do you have an audience, so to speak, or do you rely on photographs and or just your time? How does that work?
0: Combination of all of that, and it depends on on the the subject matter. The intensity of this man, Ali, you can gather more information in four days from each of these men than you can from maybe someone else in four weeks. I have spent as long as two and a half hours, uh, two and a half years with a client. He was a businessman and a close friend, but a businessman. And every time we were together, he'd throw up that businessman veneer and I would say, relax, just be yourself. And he would say, you don't understand. I do this all day long, and I don't know how to make it go away. And it took two and a half years for it to happen. I showed up one Sunday morning, and he was drinking his little glass of bourbon, and we started to talk, and I saw that it, there it was, he was relaxed. Now, I don't know if that was his first bourbon, his second, or his third. But he was very relaxed and I said, this is it. He said, I can feel it too. And so we went ahead and did the portrait. And having said I'm not a portrait painter and discussed that process of, of getting that deep into somebody and taking that much time to get into it, I am, I do portraits of everything that I paint, whether it's a tree, a bucket, a horse, a person, whatever. It's really a portrait of that particular piece of subject matter because I'm trying to give you the essence of it not the surface so much
1: when you strike me as I can feel it from you just, just listening to you talk in uh, generality or specifics about um, experiences very much from the inside out, I Yes. Can feel that without uh, an intimidating intensity, it's very comfortable and very easy to listen to and a lot
0: and easy to learn from what the experience is for you it's a uh, It's a treasure hunt for me. That's how I look at it. Uh, And I'm willing to devote that much time because I want to get to the treasure. And the treasure is the painting being what it needs to be. And the painting does not leave my house. The painting does not get signed until it's everything it needs to be. I have been working on a mother and child with two daughters, a very, very large uh, watercolor. And I've already ripped it up three times I've ripped it twice the third one is kind of halfway there still sitting there and I won't even show the client I didn't show her the first two because I know she would have accepted it and I didn't want that and you you just have it's the painting that's important Uh, I I cannot be concerned about what other people are going to say good bad or, or whatever and, of course, the last thing I want is for somebody to walk up to it while I'm working on it and say, oh, that child's face is beautiful. Then you're afraid to touch it. You, know, you get so tied up in knots, you just can't. So my wife does not see the portraits until they're finished. Uh, I, no, I won't tell that story. I'll get in trouble.
1: Could we take one more question?
0: I'm Australian. I don't know you in um, both the paintings, the lighting within the painting plays an awful big part. When, in the process of the painting, do you decide, like with this one, the backlighting, the, up, the upstairs, the front lighting, When do you decide that that's going to happen? I think that develops as you're working on the painting. I don't think I consciously decided that here nor nor upstairs. When I were you upstairs when I yes. when I. First, asked for him to do the string, and he did. And I knew that's where I was going with the painting. And I said I could see the painting completely, uh, the composition. It was completely laid out for me. What I was thinking of is light, 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 and dark. I was not thinking of the lights coming from here. This glows, or I hadn't. It wasn't that sophisticated yet? Uh, all of that takes place in in the process of doing it. Here, it's a portrait. You know, the light's going to come from some direction. This is. The, Classically, over the right shoulder, um, and I think that's one reason I want to strengthen the shadows on this side. I don't. I really. I won't get to do it. But um. does that answer the question? I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound too mysterious and hocus pocus. But you. You can't have it all decided before you do it. I mean, I think anybody that's ever painted seriously been involved in painting pictures for a living has experienced seeing a painting in 3D, full color, completely worked out in your brain. And then when you go to put it on a two dimensional surface, it never, it never looks the same there as it did in your mind. Because it's two different, I don't know, two different existences or something. Thank hey.
1: Henry, thank you so much for your, your reflections on Ronald Reagan. And I'd love to invite everybody to join us downstairs for the third and (coughs) final stop on Henry's tour, and we'll have an opportunity to look at watercolors of the the astronauts John Young, Robert Crippen, and Senator John Glenn. So I hope that you can accompany us downstairs to our new arrivals.